Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Find the right people for your business this year at LinkedIn.com slash fool and get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. It's Tuesday, February 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Emily Flippin in the house. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got entertainment stocks. We've got a programming announcement that we're going to share soon. Uh, let's start, though, with uh, the big kahuna, the big fish. Nobody calls Alphabet either of those things. I don't know why I just said that. Uh, let's talk about Alphabet. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected. Their overall revenue, which I should point out, was just north of $39 billion. Just a little bit. Also came in higher than expected. Um, stock is down three, four percentage points today. I'm assuming at least part of this has to do with the spending that is going on at Google. Oh yeah, so I mean they they beat estimates for all intents and purposes, uh, but operating profits were marginally lower than I think expectations were, and that concern came from a doubling in capex year over year. So a lot of people thought, man, you know, Google's spending a lot of money to kind of reach these growth targets. Is that going to be sustainable in the future? Um, and you know, it's a big fish, whether or not people call it that. Uh, so I think that it's important for Google to make good use of the money that it does generate. And you know, while the stock's down a little bit, I think analysts might look at this and think, yeah, I mean, it's necessary. A lot of these areas in which Google's trying to compete require a lot of capex. I mean, look at them in the cloud business. They're significantly behind, you know, Microsoft for example, and they they need to catch up. So that's going to require a lot of capital. So as an investor, I'm I'm not too sure I like to see good earnings and regardless of the market's kind of irrational response, I think it it was a good quarter for them. It was a good quarter. Advertising rates coming down. I think that that is probably also a point of concern. Um, but it seems like we've seen that before in Alphabet's past. Um, to go back to the, the amount of money that they're spending, I, I'm a little surprised only in this regard that Ruth Porat, who is the chief financial officer, has earned tremendous respect from so many corners, uh, and rightfully so. And I sort of look at the sell-off today, and I, I can't help but feel that there's just a little bit of doubting of Ruth Porat baked into that. And and maybe I'm reading too much into that, but it's I just sort of look at her and go, you know what? I trust her 100%. I don't own this stock, but I think that if you're going to question the amount of money that the, that Alphabet is investing, then inherent in that is questioning the wisdom of Ruth Porat. And I, I <laughs> You're not in the business of questioning. <laughs> I'm not in the business of questioning Ruth Borat because uh, she's you know one of the best CFOs out there, and um, I don't know. I uh, I, I oh, look I at this and and just think if anyone had Alphabet on their watch list yesterday, well, good news today you can buy it for four percent less. Well, a little bit of a discount. I think some of that might have already been made up in the market as people did take advantage of that short-term drop. Um, And to address the ad revenue, ad revenue is still growing faster than their traffic acquisition costs. And that's what's really important. So, I think some of these concerns, when you put them in the larger context, I mean, of course, I'm concerned about Google competing in the cloud space, but a lot of the money that they're spending is also being turned back into, you know, like YouTube, for example, which is an amazing platform that Google is just kind of getting into realizing the true potential of. So, 
I mean, I'm not concerned. I like to see it when a company is a good investor. And Google, up until this point, has been a great investor. The important thing is to me that they're investing for the purposes of future growth and that the investments that they're making today are not going to, you know, potentially harm the company in the future. And nothing Google is doing today leads me to believe that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned YouTube because it it really it really is pretty amazing when you look at all of the businesses under the Alphabet umbrella. You look at YouTube, how big it is, how dominant it is, um, how much time is spent on that platform. And as an investor, you step back, and I think it's fair to say that the people at Alphabet themselves are not satisfied with the business of YouTube. They look at YouTube as something they can improve on. And so, the idea that they are somewhere between only scratching the surface of YouTube's potential and fully realizing its potential, it's pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, and YouTube, it's not grown without its challenges. And a lot of that comes from the roots of YouTube, the way that YouTube is monetized. I mean, inherently, you're looking at, you know, what has grown into celebrities developing on this platform. So obviously, it's a platform that's demanding a not only a lot of ad revenue, but just a lot of viewer hours watched. So it's important for them that not they monetize it, but not to the point where it potentially harms the, the platform that it's grown into. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops. I do think that developing YouTube and all of their other initiatives are going to require a lot of capital. And to me, as an investor, if they're making good returns on that capital, I'm not worried. Speaking of YouTube, save the date, people. This Thursday, February 7th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be doing a market wrap show live on YouTube. Uh, Andy Cross, Jason Moser, we're going to be talking stocks after the closing bell. We're going to be taking your questions. Um, how do you find the show? You go to The Motley Fool's YouTube channel, um, which is just youtube.com slash The Motley Fool. You can go there, subscribe, um, and we'll see how this goes. It's going to be live. Which means uh, you know the potential for mistakes is uh, well pretty high, <laughs> pretty high. No no editing. There's you know unlike this show where if uh, if I screw up Dan Boyd can fix it in post. Uh, that's not going to be happening. So yeah, Thursday, February seventh, four thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, hope you can join us. Let's move to entertainment. First quarter results for Viacom were mixed, but shares of Viacom are up, and I'm assuming that has to do with a little bit of optimism about their new production deal with Netflix. Yes, exactly, and low expectations. Um, <laughs> there might be a whole generation of people who have no idea what Viacom is, right? So, I mean, the industry is changing, and Viacom, uh, it's important for them to stay relevant. So, a lot of the ways that they're staying relevant, like you said, you know, Netflix, they had some some great hits this year on Netflix, um, getting licensing revenue from, if I remember correctly, I think some of their TV shows, Haunting of Hill House was very popular, Maniac. I mean, so they're still producing those TV shows, um, licensing them to, to companies like Netflix. But the core of their business is still kind of the, a, a lucrative part for them is still charging for cable packages. So it's going to be interesting to see how they change their core business from getting this revenue from monthly subscriptions to maybe being a more content-based or advertiser-based thanks to their acquisition of, of Pluto TV. So, I mean, these are things that's going to be really interesting to watch to see how Viacom develops in the future if they end up kind of fading away and, and turning into a legacy of the past or if they can make themselves or carve themselves a relevant portion of the streaming service in the future. Yeah, Viacom is one of those businesses, and we've seen this in other industries as well, where the properties that Viacom owns are almost certainly better known 
than Viacom itself, because as you said, Viacom, that's one of those things where you sort of scratch your head and like, well, what is that? But people have heard of Nickelodeon, yep. MTV, Comedy Central, BET, uh, uh, Paramount Pictures, you know, so they've got these properties. Uh, in the case of the Netflix deal, I think it's a it's a new deal with Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. um, so creating some more uh, children's programming for Netflix. Um, uh, I, I wonder if at any point, in the same way we've seen consumer products conglomerates uh, become more efficient by selling off some of their brands, I wonder if at some point Viacom starts to look at some of their cable. Uh, systems and saying, okay, we, we don't really need this channel. This is this is not really moving the needle for us. Or if there's strength in numbers, and it is, as you said, it is for now still about the bundling. It'll be interesting to see because Viacom's kind of treading this line where they have, like you said, all of these kind of like name brand channels, these, this content, and they can either license it or sell it um, and use it on an ad-based platform and get licensing or ad revenue from that. Um, their recent acquisition of Pluto TV is kind of a great example. and It's the free ad-based TV streamer. It doesn't have a lot of great content on it now, but you know now that it's kind of under the Viacom umbrella, that might change in the future. But if they add too much content to these types of free websites, they're inherently undercutting the value of having a you know cable subscription. And so, it's going to be important for them to change with the times, but not also dig their own grave in that process. Quick shout out to LinkedIn. Making that perfect hire can help set your team up for success in the new year. And where are you going to find that person? You find them on LinkedIn. When it comes to posting your job, you want to go where you have access to an engaged community that people visit every day. And that's LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members are not checking job boards regularly, but nine out of 10 LinkedIn members are open to and interested in new opportunities like yours. So, with most of the US workforce on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people. It is no wonder a new hire is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. So, find the right people for your business this year. You don't want the rando is coming in to interview for that job. You want the right people. <laughs> Go to LinkedIn.com slash fool. Get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. Sticking with entertainment after the closing bell today, the Walt Disney Company is going to be reporting. What is something you think investors should be watching for in that report? Because it, it seems like, and I say this as a shareholder, it seems like for the first time in a long time, there's not an obvious announcement that we're waiting for from Bob Iger and his team. Yes, I'm interested in how all the different divisions are doing, but it, you know, for a while there were a few quarters in the row there where it was like, what are they going to say about the new streaming service? When are they going to announce that? You know, in terms of time stamping upcoming big initiatives, and it seems like we don't have that this quarter. I think to an extent we might still have that to this quarter because now there's been some doubt cast about whether or not Disney's streaming service is really going to happen in 2019. Really? Yes. Some people are worried about their ability to kind of turn not only their streaming acquisition, so like, you know, ESPN Plus, um, but turning that into its own kind of streaming service. I mean, they're doing a lot right now. They have to monetize these platforms. They have Hulu. They, you know, they have the assets that they acquired in that deal with Fox. I mean, they have a fingers in a lot of pots here. And 
it's going to be important for me to watch these earnings because I want to see if they have a hard plan for their streaming service. If they come out and say, oh, we're, you know, we're still in the process, we're, you know, we're figuring it out, all these things are going to come in due time, that's when I start going, mm, I'm not seeing a strong management you know, story for, for growth in these areas. They're kind of figuring it out as they go, which doesn't mean it won't succeed. But as an investor, it makes me worried because I want to know that management knows what they're doing. And if they continue to kind of kick the ball down the field in terms of you know setting up hard dates and hard expectations for their streaming service, then I'm just going to start thinking, you know, are they really getting around to it? See, I was not at all worried about the streaming service oh. coming in 2019, and yeah. now I'm str- <laughs> now you've got me <laughs> I didn't nervous. Mean, didn't mean to add to the nervousness. No. I mean, I'm, a lot of people are bullish about the streaming service, whether or not it happens in 2019 or 2020 or 2021, right? I mean, if you see value in what Disney creates, then a year means nothing to you. But if you're talking about a fast-moving streaming industry, hey, maybe that year means a lot. That's a year of lost loyalty of subscribers if you aren't able to push that out. So I think it I think it really depends on the investors. So maybe you're right to have no worries. And you know, maybe on the other hand, I'm right to have some minor worries. Well, but to that point, in terms of you know what kind of a difference does a year make? I mean, we we talked recently on this show about Comcast and Comcast coming out with their earnings report and saying, oh by the way, we're going to launch a streaming service. And I I think it was you know sometime in the middle of 2020. Um, which sets them up nicely in terms of the the news oriented content that Comcast has under its umbrella. Umbrella, and I'm thinking both in terms of it's a presidential election year and they've got the Olympics. But uh, but we also said, God, they're really giving up uh, a lot of room to. Disney to let them launch their app. So um, unless Disney comes out and says no, it's not going to be till early 2020 for us. All right, now I'm totally going to pay attention to this. Uh, Emily Flippin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.